0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of The Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy, and 115 miles to my southwest is Megan. Hello. Hi. Uh, maybe Jenny next week? I don't know. We're getting, you know, we're at a quarter end, you know? But, but also, are you
1: out of baby end? Also she,
0: she also hates wrestling, so it's hard to, you know, hard to tell. Jenny. Yeah.
1: The and, you know, of a wrestling goodness. podcast.
0: Yeah, not so much anymore. Um, <laughs> it is kind of uh, sad to think that, you know, this week, the week that it was learned that BTE is dead, uh, you know, it's also might not uh, be uh, the return of Jenny because that show is so, I mean, without, without BTE, there would not be an Elite Beat podcast. I think that's safe to say.
1: Yes, that also was clearly Jenny's gateway into the AEW wrestling because she loves the travel show.
0: hmm Yeah. And it was never going to be what she wanted it to be, sadly.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. But uh, we're still here because we like wrestling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe she'll be back. I don't know. Who knows what could happen? Um but she's not here tonight and uh we got a lot to talk about so let's jump right into it uh megan it's been it's been like what we because we didn't do a show last week because it was thanksgiving and we did the pay-per-view show
1: yes yes it was so american was thanksgiving offering. yes
0: Come on let's be real Thanksgiving and I
1: mean we have uh, Canadian listeners One, Like two of them are your good friends I guess three if you count Jay I don't know if he's allowed to watch or listen to this What with the cursing But we have Canadian yeah, listeners
0: No no we do yeah And I kid of course I did find out that uh, thanks to Spotify Wrapped that 65% Of our listeners are uh, From the UK
1: That is wild to me and I love it
0: Yeah I haven't looked back at last year's stats to see like how that's changed, but I, I think it was not, I don't think that was the case last year.
1: I am so sorry for any incorrect UK things. I say, I remember at least one instance where I said European union part, something was part of it and it wasn't. So like, I, I get it. It's terrible. I'm American educated. I, I don't know. So sorry.
0: Um, yes, you are. Uh, Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the uh, Continental Classic.
1: Like uh, because you want to do a catch up because we technically didn't recap two yeah. shows that had matches.
0: <laughs> I, you're goddamn right. I want to do a catch up. Okay. Um. Did you did you happen to catch um, Collision?
1: I did not. I was a bad collider this week. Uh. So I missed the whole blue. League or, or, uh, what is it? Segment the blue ones,
0: yeah. I'm very worried about today's podcast. This is like we're, we're really chugging, and uh, and uh, yeah. So Jenny's streaming goddamn Netflix in 4K in the bedroom right now, watching that Beckham documentary. So
1: she had to, after we uh, tried to figure out, you know, if that, that picture that beautiful child you sent us was Becky's kid or apparently Elizabeth Hurley's child. This is what we do when we're not talking mm-hmm. wrestling.
0: Yeah. Well so the Continental Classic started. Last time we were talking to you, we did not know who all the participants were. Right. Um, they did reveal that on last Wednesday afternoon in a um, like a pre-recorded thing on social media it was like a um, who was it it was tony and tony sitting behind a desk with eddie kingston and announcing participants and then throwing to video packages that were mostly narrated by renee um it was good it just like i wish they had done it a couple of days earlier you know
1: on a platform that you know most of the fans would see it not just the hardcores
0: (laughs) That didn't bother me because it was like 30 minutes long, and you're not going to find a space on TV for that, you know.
1: That's true, but you could have—I don't know—probably put it, would it nice. up in the lead-in. It would have
0: been—it would have been nice to leave the pay-per-view knowing who all the participants were. Yeah. Yeah, um, but we didn't. But anyway, so uh, here we are. We've got two blocks. They're leagues. They're calling them. It's the blue league and the gold league. And this is uh, how they're doing it. Um, Pardon me, Megan. I'm just extending my monitor screen.
1: No, it's okay. It's very impressive that you can extend your monitor screen. You can too. Yeah, I guess technically that's true.
0: Yeah. Okay, now I can see you again. Okay. In the Blue League, we have Brody King, Claudio Castagnoli, Andrade El Idolo, Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: In the Gold League, we have John Moxley, Swerve Strickland, Jay White, Roosh, Jay Lethal, and Mark Briscoe. So, what they are doing, at least this appears to be what they're doing, because they've done it three times now. On Dynamite, the Gold League has matches. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: On Collision, the Blue League has matches. And I think that's just going to happen every week until everybody has had their five matches.
1: I think that's fair to split it up, even if they didn't explicitly say it.
0: Yeah. So a recap of what's going on so far. Oh, and it's it's three points for a win, one point for a draw, and zero points for a loss. So, um, and uh, every match is a 20-minute time limit. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know, Megan, I'm going to kill my video, in fact. So why don't you do the same?
1: Damn it, Jenny and her 4K.
0: Yeah. Kill that video for me there.
1: There we go.
0: All right. Okay, so on Dynamite on November 22nd from the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, we had Gold League action as Swerve Strickland defeated Jay Lethal in 13 minutes and 51 seconds, Jay White defeated Roosh in 13 minutes 53 seconds, and John Moxley defeated Mark Briscoe in 11 minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, I liked all three of these matches. I, I thought the only one, well, actually, you know, so Swerve over J. Lethal, I think was the most obvious of the three. I think we could say that, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I assumed.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Jay White versus Roosh was one that could probably go either way. And even Moxley versus Mark Briscoe to an extent, because you got to figure there's going to be at least a couple of big upsets. Somewhere along the way, but they didn't They didn't do any on night one.
1: I don't even know that I'd call Briscoe over Moxie like a huge upset. I mean, they're both worthy competitors, but I think I would give that one leeway just because it's night one and there's so many more opportunities to get points. Like as we move further along in the tournament, I'm going to be probably more surprised by upsets than early on. <laughs>
0: um, yeah so yeah so they did they didn't do any big upsets and i would argue that they have not to this point done any big upsets but uh uh let's talk about then november 25th from the peterson events center in pittsburgh pennsylvania on collision we had blue league action but only two matches because brian danielson was i guess not yet ready to wrestle so um we only got four of the six competitors action as claudio castagnoli defeated daniel garcia in 10 minutes and 27 seconds and Brody King beat Eddie Kingston in 1641, after which um, Eddie Kingston cut a very emotional promo, which we got, which we did get to see on Dynamite, which I'm glad of, um, uh, talking about how, you know, he's going to be humble in victory and humble in defeat, and he he can't believe that he, he lost his first match after putting everything on the line, and then Brian Dawson was a real dick to him uh, on commentary afterwards. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll get to that. So, so that was the uh, those were the results on night two. Megan, any anything uh, pique your interest there with Claudio over Daniel or Brody over Eddie?
1: I guess uh, Brody over Eddie would seem like an upset to me, purely because Eddie was going into this so confident.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what his trajectory is in this tournament as the guy who put everything on the line. Like I almost. I almost expect him to beat Daniel Bra- or Brian Danielson on Saturday.
1: I, it's possible because again, it's about the points, and I I think that gives you leeway to do some matches where you have upsets.
0: Yeah, and like and, you know, they can tell the whole story with the eye, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, because conceivably Danielson's injured, so Eddie would have an edge on him, but he yeah. was a dick on they commentary. Seem-
0: he was a dick of commentary. They seem to even be kind of telling the story that he's coming back too quickly because he wants to be in this tournament.
1: Yes, and he's still wearing an eye patch, which I know is you know we've seen people wrestle in eye patches before, but indicative of not fully healed.
0: He's following in the uh, grand tradition of uh, let's see, John Boxley. Yep. Santana. Yep. <laughs> And Julia Hart, the TBS champion.
1: <laughs> and her story has turned out great, and I, I love it.
0: I would venture to say his is the only legitimate eye patch in, uh, in AEW history so far. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, so that kind of takes us up to tonight, and we'll talk about um, the three matches in the Blue League that transpired on Dynamite last night. But I have to say... Uh, so far I am, I'm sold. I'm in, I, I'm happy with the caliber of wrestlers they put in this thing. You got it. You got to put a guy, a guy like a Jay lethal in there, or a Daniel Garcia. You got to have a guy on each block who's there to eat pens, you know? Um, and, but other than that, I think that, I think there are like, I think they're interesting first time matchups we haven't seen. I think they are big stars. I'm, I'm really happy with the presentation so far.
1: Uh, yeah, I am too. I think the match quality has been great. And they're like not short matches, which is good. You know, they they are serious and given the, the time they need. And I'm expecting there to be some sort of draw at some point. But Me too. Um, yeah, like so far. I think they've been really good. And um, I don't I hate to give Tony Khan credit after his aggressive, angry rant about how we should all appreciate professional wrestling, but I think he's he did he's doing well so far.
0: Put <laughs> so, your money where your fucking mouth is, Megan.
1: Thanks. I, I guess I did. I watched the show, so thanks. <laughs>
0: um yes, so very exciting stuff. Um and It's just, it's, it's nice to have, like, the other thing is the way it's been presented and the caliber of the matches, just like one weekend, it feels so much more important than either Owen Hart tournament has.
1: I mean, yeah, apologies to Owen Hart, but. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This actually feels like there's something tangible at stake and that people really want to win this tournament, you know?
1: yeah, but it is the first triple Crown sort of deal, so something is at stake, but I, I feel like it's just too bad. It's like, Owen Hart, sorry, we really like you, and your legacy is great, but um your tournament is, you know, it's just a tournament. It's just a run in the mill tournament.
0: I like how sportsy this is though. you know, it feels like it it's just it feels like a real competition.
1: I do too. How do you feel? Like, And maybe this was me being nitpicky and just sort of like um, salty about Tony's comments about that this is pure professional wrestling. Uh, Night one, Jay White wins by having a ref bump and then kicking his opponent in the balls. I was like, wait, so there's no one on the sides because this is no one on the outside because this is pure wrestling. But like you did on night one, just give a man a win by cheating.
0: Um, you know, I was okay with it.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I fully admit I was going in, like, put my money where my mouth is. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Look what you just did. You liar.
0: (laughs) So, uh, and yeah, like I said, we'll talk about, uh, this week's matches later on, but, uh, for Saturday, as we get back into the business of previews, uh, in blue block action, we will have Claudio Castagnoli versus Brody King and what could only be called a mean guy match. Oh, yeah. uh, Two big boys. Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia versus Andrade El Idolo with uh, Danison and El Idolo both making their tournament debuts because uh, mm-hmm. Andrade had to miss last week because Brian missed last mm-hmm. week, which made me surprised that that wasn't the match this week.
1: Yeah um i guess, i mean i guess they're going to just you know make it up at the end but or somewhere in there but um it's interesting to me that they've decided to put their andrade garcia match on there because these boys have just recently fought and there's like that whole miro aspect to it and that's not allowed to, there's nothing allowed to happen with that but it is interesting that like they're scheduling that one up front
0: Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll go to a draw.
1: I, I mean, I don't know, Garcia will probably like dance at him and then that'll, he'll get the win. I don't expect Daniel Garcia to beat Andrade. I just don't. I,
0: I think, I think Jay Lethal could very well go 0-5. I think Daniel Garcia is going to get a big win somewhere along the way.
1: I could see that, but also, I mean, those are the two guys that are, like you said, there to eat pins, right? I don't. I wasn't surprised that Jay Lethal went zero two at this point. Um, I, I, sorry, Jay Lethal. It's just I don't really take him as seriously. What with the uh, Jeff Jarrett crew backing him up and mm-hmm. just kind of his his arc as a character. So I don't really expect him to get wins.
0: No, me neither. Um. But you know, we'll see. They could surprise us, you know. Sure. Um, because also like the other thing about this tournament is everybody is there it seems like there's an injury story for every single wrestler. <laughs> like, like something is wrong with every wrestler. And and I'm sure that'll just get worse as we as we you know get further into the tournament.
1: Yeah. Well, because if you get injured, you can really screw up your whole run. Cause you know, week after week you gotta wrestle.
0: Yes. Um, so yeah, so that is that's what's going on in the old Continental Classic, um, up to this point. I'm, I, I you know, I don't know what else to say. I'm really, I'm really taken with it. It's the it's the, it's the first thing I've been into. It's it's a, it's, uh, it's the most I've been into something in AEW in, in, in a little while here.
1: Well, I guess Tony Khan just needs to get blasted on social media so he gets his shit together and he does something you like. <laughs>
0: so I mean, I think honestly, I think that does. Uh, happen?
1: Oh, I for sh- I was joking, but I also yeah. do for sure think he takes things very personally. In a way that he shouldn't, but if it results in good television, who who am I to complain?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, should we do some like? Should we do ratings catch up, or should we just skip it into like into the into the most recent ratings?
1: I would say just go more most recent because I feel like last week you're going to get. Dynamite was on a holiday ish. Yeah, dynamite I mean.
0: was dynamite did bad, a bad number last week.
1: I yeah, I'm not surprised at all by that. But
0: it never does great on uh on Thanksgiving Eve.
1: Yeah, it's that's either like people are traveling or they're getting ready and, and prepping. I don't, I'm not surprised at all that it may have done bad. It's
0: it's the biggest bar night of the year in America.
1: That's true. We Jenny and I used to go to sushi the night before Thanksgiving um when we lived in Cincinnati and we're Cincinnati neighbors because you know we were both going home the next day and uh the sushi place was open because they don't care about Thanksgiving. Of course. Mm-hmm. It was a family run. They were like, whatever, here's a bunch of sushi. And I was like, thank you. It's delicious. So yeah, I can see that. Um and then That you- sounds really good. Oh, it was so good. It was like affordable. Oh, loved it. Um, and then I'm assuming Collision just I mean it never really excites us. So, <laughs> or never really like um, excites people, I guess, cuz the ratings are not good, so.
0: And they were uh, they were head to head with Survivor series. Uh, oh. The Saturday, which did in fact feature the return of CM Punk at the very end of the show. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. So he so he uh he did come out and do a promo at the end of raw the next night. Um, yeah, which was funny on my timeline, uh, on X, uh, because it was, it was multiple people talking about how this is the first time I've watched Raw in a long time. And then it's like, man, it's still doing these three hour raw. So huh? it's like, <laughs> it's like many, multiple people wondering like how many people are going to be left at the end of this show?
1: I love how they're like, maybe if I go away, when I come back, it'll be shorter somehow.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, but he didn't say much of, uh, you know, he didn't say anything saucy, which I think people were hoping for. But I think that he is probably not in a position where he is going to say anything about AEW or Tony Khan or anybody involved in that company.
1: I assume that WWE wouldn't. Let him because they don't acknowledge the existence Of other companies but also I'm wondering if there's Like maybe legality Around that around his uh, Firing and what he can and can't Say and stuff like that but Either way I was just curious If he um, If people were like still excited After the pay-per-view You know like
0: uh Rod did a good number um You know but I think mostly I didn't watch it, so I don't know exactly what he said, but I think most of the people are mostly um, disappointed in the promo.
1: Oof! you don't hear that about a CM Punk promo a lot.
0: No, no. Um, so as I kind of alluded to earlier, being the elite is, is no longer in existence. Um, Dave Meltzer wrote in, uh, the daily update last week on, uh, We'll write more about it this coming week, but BTAE is not on hiatus, it's actually done at this point in time. There are no plans to bring it back. <clears throat> um so yeah.
1: Did they have End of like an a era? Sh- Did they have like a goodbye show no. or it's just they're just cutting it off? No no series finale?
0: No series finale. So yeah. It lasted what, like seven and a half years?
1: Yeah, a long time. That's why I would have thought they'd say goodbye, if nothing else. Does that imply that um, they weren't expecting to just stop doing it?
0: I think they probably... I don't know. I don't know what they thought or what they expected. I do know that uh, something was uploaded to the BT channel on Monday, um, and it was something called Be in the Dark Order. And it was the the canon is now that the Dark Order have purchased the the YouTube channel and the rights to BTE, okay, and (laughs) are yes, and are uh you know like uh they're doing the show now. So So like the Dark Order.
1: So come Monday uh, next week, are we to expect uh, a Dark Order show?
0: See, that's what I don't know. Um, But the last episode of Being Elite um, was actually... uh, God, when was it? If I click on it, will it tell me a date? I just want a date. I don't like how YouTube's like, one month ago. This is not fucking helpful, YouTube. I want the actual date that this came out. Yeah, they're
1: like... Look, we're just being um easy. You just one month go. So it wasn't the week uh prior? I guess it would be like the week no, prior to Thanksgiving.
0: Was, no no no. It was very it was yeah, it was a long time ago at this point. I don't know when. Um, um. anyway. I had kinda of given up on BTE. The last one I watched was episode 364, uh, and the final episode ended up being 368. So, yeah, I really just – I should have stuck it out if I had known.
1: It still counts as watching the whole series just because, you know, it wasn't live in the moment.
0: Yeah. It's Um, still okay. (laughs) Here's something interesting, though. There did seem to be some interest in it in the new thing. Uh, the last episode of BTE, uh, after all this time it's been out, is up to ninety six thousand views. Uh, Being the Dark Order episode one is at ninety thousand uh, after three days.
1: Interesting. Okay. I mm, I don't know how to feel about that. But-
0: Megan, are you talking? Yes. Okay, I didn't hear any of that. Sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, I was just saying, I could see how, like, letting the Dark Order take over would look like a hiatus. But confirmed it's not, huh?
0: I mean, Dave Meltzer reports that. He's, you know, he's not infallible. Oh, no. Can't hear anything Megan's saying. Goodness.
1: Am I Hello? Hello? Yeah,
0: now I can eat I don't know. It's just it's just this bandwidth sucky fucking sucks tonight.
1: Jenny heard goddamn 4K.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go see if she'll uh, if she'll shut it down. I'll be right back. You can vamp or whatever.
1: Being the Elite, shutting down, sad. Uh, but being the Dark Order, I feel like we haven't seen the Dark Order a lot recently. So, honestly, might be funny. I really do miss the uh, the sketches. Obviously, Mr. Brodie Lee is gone. Um, RIP, duh. But I thought they had a good comedic vibe. And uh, they they've been dismantled a little bit. But if they've got a comedy show to do with... Reynolds and Silver and Uno. Maybe they can make it work. Um, Yeah. So there's that. Um, Still vamping. Not sure what to say. Love. uh, I thought this show this week for the Dynamite was good. Just FYI. We're going to get to the recap. But I was a fan. Continental Classic going well. A little sad I missed Collision for those who watched it. I hope it was a fun show. Um. Yeah Yeah I don't know what else is going on news wise I did uh, Did hope that there would be more punk news Because frankly I'm bitter About him And also just kind of you know I'm not wishing him bad but I do want to know If he's failing in WWE Sounds like not yet But you know Alright I'm back All right, I was just uh, talking about how I didn't hope Punk would fail in WWE, but I would be interested if he was. But he's he's not. He's not, so.
0: Not so far. Not so far. Um, Let's see. What else are we talking about here?
1: Any other news?
0: Uh, QT Marshall resigned.
1: Oh, did he resign or did he just not get... Did it was it the Tony Khan thing of like your contracts up and we're we're cool with that?
0: I don't know. We you know we usually don't find that stuff out unless the talent uh, goes on a tirade and then Tony Khan says I fired you because you weren't good.
1: <laughs> well, that's only happened one time. <laughs> yeah. Eh, I I mean I don't care about U T Marshall, so I I wasn't like crying about it, but I guess. Good luck to him. He's got the school. He's he's probably going to do fine.
0: I do wonder if he has a if he has a soft landing place with his still... uh, with his buddy Cody as a as a, you know, upper level guy in WWE.
1: Oh, do you think Cody's going to perhaps put in a word for him? I don't know. Because they do still have the Nightmare Factory, right? That's still a thing that exists.
0: I think so. I think Cody still has involvement in that.
1: Okay. So he's not totally out on a limb here.
0: Probably not. Uh, another news, MJF tore his labrum. Ugh. Um, he had an MRI on his shoulder and, uh, they're still promoting the, uh, um, the match for, against Samoa at world's end, I guess. I guess if he doesn't work between now and then, he could rehab it some. But, of course, he's now announced for a match next week on Dynamite. But they could do smoke and mirrors to get out of that.
1: Totally. And based on what happened on this week's, it's like, I think they're going to protect him. And I don't think it's, like, a, the best decision in the world to wrestle when you need surgery to fix your labrum. But I guess he's going to do it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Fightful Select reported that Brian Danielson was uh, the person who headed up a small disciplinary committee that made the final decision to fire CM Punk. Um, There was a uh, AEW general counsel named Chris Peck and an outside attorney that were uh, basically in charge of making that decision. And um, yeah, so that's interesting.
1: I think Danielson's a very responsible person, and I think he's a smart and, dare I say, wise person. So I I can see why he was given this level of responsibility and power, I guess.
0: He seems to have a hell of a lot of influence in that company right now.
1: Well, he is very good at what he does, wrestling-wise. And, you know, he lacks ambition, as he's told us time and time again in other avenues um Mm -hmm. so I I could see Tony Khan leaning on him and him just sort of stumbling into some sort of high up back office role because he has told us he's retiring whatever that ends up being but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him sticking around in the this sort of capacity having control because he seems good at it
0: Mm -hmm. uh Sam Guevara and Ty Mello uh welcomed their baby girl, Luna Melo Guevara. That was, what, yesterday? Two days ago?
1: I think. Yeah, you texted us.
0: I guess two days ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sammy posted a uh, little picture of the family together in the hospital room. So, happy for them. Indeed. Wonder, wonder if she is going to come back soon, or um, you know, if she'll if she'll be making a return in twenty twenty four.
1: I don't know, probably, probably twenty twenty four. I feel like you need some time to rest and recoup after you. Have-
0: well, no, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, like it wouldn't be sooner than that. I just meant, like, I wonder if she's going to return at all.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's more likely Sammy will return soon, right? Or is he actually? Like didn't he have an injury, but also the baby came. So is he fit to wrestle at this point?
0: You know, I don't know the answer to that, Megan, because they don't talk about injuries barely at all.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of the ratings that we are going to cover, the ones that the one that winner against uh, Survivor Series AEW. Collision averaged 317,000 viewers on TNT, um, which is up 17% from the previous week when it aired on Friday, but down 20% from two weeks ago when it last aired in the regular time slot. The lowest audience the show has done on a Saturday night, a .09 in the 18-49, to 49, um, and... The six lowest shows in terms of both overall viewers and 18 to 49 demo ratings have all come on the same day as a WWE PLE. I think that's not much of a surprise.
1: Uh, No, not at all. That seems to make perfect, perfect sense.
0: And then AEW Rampage, which aired immediately prior to Collision on TNT, and head-to-head with the Survivor Series kickoff show, averaged 264,000 viewers. Uh, down 5.7% from the previous week and the lowest audience in the show's history.
1: Woof. That's rough.
0: <laughs> that is rough. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, ah, I have an answer to your question that you just asked. Sammy Guevara cleared to return following a concussion.
1: Okay. Okay. So he'll probably be back.
0: Yeah. Uh, Guevara suffered a concussion at AEW wrestle dream on October one. And it's not wrestled since Dave Meltzer addressed Guevara's status on wrestling as radio saying Sammy will be back soon. Now. I don't know when he was cleared exactly, but it was over a week ago. Um, and at that point, Ty was about to give birth. There was no reason to come back until after she gave birth, but yeah, he's cleared.
1: Okay. Yeah. Then I, I would expect him to come back sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, maybe in time for the pay per view.
1: Oh, probably. Yeah, that's a whole month away.
0: Someone who isn't cleared, uh, unfortunately, is Bandito, who. If this page will load, I could tell you the end of that sentence. God, my internet is fucking terrible tonight.
1: We haven't seen Bandito in a while, though. Uh,
0: not since June. Um, he had uh he suffered a triangular fibrocartilage complex injury which are the bones that connect the forearm to the wrist in June mm. during a match with Kanosuke Takeshita he had surgery to repair the injury in early July and had been on track to return in December uh, Dave Meltzer addressed his status on wrestling radio noting that his arm did not heal properly from his first surgery requiring him to have another
1: oh no why
0: yeah Well, these things happen, I guess.
1: Oh, but when you get surgery, I don't know. You just, you hope, you hope it goes well. And it sucks that you have to double surgery it. Ugh, sorry, Bandito. Uh,
0: Some better news. Uh, Serena Deeb is ready to return to the ring. Uh, She posted an Instagram video this morning and revealed that her long absence from AEW programming was due to a series of unprovoked seizures that began in October of 2022. She uh, said that her neurologist has cleared her to return, and she hopes to be back soon.
1: Oh, man. Well, I'm glad she's apparently doing okay. That is not at all what I expected to hear about her, but damn.
0: See, technically, I think it's very good that AEW doesn't talk about their talent injuries, and their medical status. That's, Of course, that's good. But I do want to know these things.
1: yes. I mean, I acknowledge that I am nosy. Um, yeah, but you're right. It is it is good. They don't. It's technically good. They don't talk about it, and also expect it. It's medical privacy. But God, you just want to know.
0: You just want to know. All right. Finally, Wednesday night's episode of AEW Dynamite averaged eight hundred and fifty-eight thousand viewers on TNT. Up. Uh, 1.5% from last week. It's the largest viewership total for the show since October 18, which was the last Wednesday before Dynamite started going head-to-head with the NBA each week. Dynamite drew a .29 in the 18-49 to rating, up 11.5% from last week. That's also the show's best rating since the start of the NBA season.
1: Wow. Continental classic.
0: maybe, it. Yeah, maybe there's like some... Juice to that, you know.
1: I mean, I don't Tony know. Khan did own all of us loser fans who needed to put our money where our mouth is. So
0: oh, yeah, we were badly owned.
1: Yeah, just totally owned. So I guess that's why the ratings are so high.
0: Well, then it was worth it. <laughs> so speaking of those high ratings, Megan, let's do it. Let's talk about dynamite.
1: Okay, so dynamite. Did you have we- a pop? Um, uh, just a big old box of wine, baby.
0: Okay, I had already <laughs> opened my Diet Coke, so we really, we really failed this week. But, um, I blame Jenny because she's not here to keep us on task. So yeah, I was going
1: to say, without Jenny here, it's all chaos. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we we had our quick pop. Um, this week's Dynamite though, we're at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I am not sure if, if Dynamite has ever been here before, but just this crowd was hot as hell. I don't I don't know what got into them, but the whole show, they were loud and I thought it really helped.
0: Uh, yeah, Dynamite has totally been there uh, before. Uh, in fact, this was the uh well, I, yeah, Dynamite has been here. But um more importantly, Full Gear has been here. Uh, this was the this is where uh, Hangman Page defeated Kenny Omega to become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion.
1: Okay. Well, I okay. I purely asked that question because their excitement level was so high for just a regular ass dynamite that I just I wasn't sure. But uh, it has to be said that man, the crowd killing it. Be like this crowd. Um, So they were primed from the beginning. They were very hyped. Uh, We opened the show with John Moxley and Jay Lethal in their second. Continental Class second for each of them, Continental Classic Gold League match. Um, Jay Lethal coming in with zero points. John Moxley coming in with three because he got a win last week. And um, as we sort of alluded to earlier, Jay Lethal does not win this. He is the man who is here to eat pins. But not to... I don't love to give him credit because of all his, you know, stuff. But it was a very good match, a very good opener. And it's not like he just you know, rolled over and was pinned. Um, he he put up a fight, but yes, John Moxley, he is the one who got the win. He is six points up in this tournament. And uh, and Danielson was on commentary for this one. And Danielson rules that commentary. So good. He was a dick, but, you know, that's by design. He's in the BCC. So good match, good commentary.
0: Yes, agreed. Do you think that Jay Lethal is going to go five for five in... Not winning matches, but stopping during his entrance and looking back in confusion and dismay at the top of the ramp where his people are not.
1: 100% he cannot get over it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so I sad.
0: I couldn't even believe it when it happened this week. I was like, dude, they're not going to come out with you. That's not how this works. You, you 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 registered that last week. We need to move on. but uh, But now I kind of want it to happen all five times.
1: I, I think it will because I think they're so close and I'm assuming that right after the match they were backstage being like, it's okay man and then just like, you know comforting him and being best friends and so, um, you know, even the bad guys strong bonding I guess
0: <laughs> Yeah No, yeah, for sure, and then Mox, you know um, they did a spot where like, I, I couldn't tell if they if they were like if Mox actually hurt his leg a little bit or it was just like, that's going to be his story for the tournament. Probably the latter. But uh, but that seems to be uh, how it's going to go for him.
1: Yeah, they focused. I, I, I'm assuming it's not real only because they did a replay and they focused on it where he landed and they said like, oh, he landed on his knee funny. And then he held his leg.
0: That's that's the part that made me think it might be real because they were they were telling us to like watch for an injury and I was like, oh, so, like, did an injury actually happen? Especially, like, given what they had us watch in a replay injury-wise later in that show.
1: Oh, my God. That Yep. <laughs> that was so... I was not ready. Um, Nobody was yeah. ready. I fully thought that if somebody was actually injured, they, they didn't put the camera on them, let alone do replays and say, check this out. <laughs> Looks like an injury. But AEW does it different, I guess. So it's It's unclear Mox was holding his leg it it did play a part because um Jay lethal did like a figure four on it but but moxie won so if that's the story of the mad or I guess of the tournament moving forward as well as just like an actual real injury, I don't know um but yeah, uh after that we I believe we got the the clip of Eddie. It must have been from Collision where he looked really sad and um, just said, like, maybe he got a little too cocky because he he lost Brody King on Collision. And, you know, he, he had put up his belts. He just looked real like he was sitting against the wall in the back right after his match, looking just sad and defeated. And then we come back to commentary and Danielson's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm down an eye, but I'm not coming in. Like sad about it, I'm coming in ready to kill things. It's just Mm -hmm. like, damn, dude. (laughs) So, Danielson, uh, not sensitive to Kingston's sadness. The best. He is the best. I mean, it's his killer spirit that got him in the BCC and also probably will allow him to beat Kingston when they meet. Um, But yeah, poor Eddie. (laughs) So, after that, Tony Schiavone shows up and I feel like Tony Schiavone looked like he was a little, he had a little cold or something. He looked a little sick. Um, But he tells us that revolution is taking place on March 3rd. So we finally get a date and it's in the Greensboro Coliseum. And this is important because sting has had many memorable matches there uh, including sting and flair 35 years ago. So uh, Schiavone brings Sting and Flair, who are both here working for AEW in the year of our Lord 2023, and talks to them, <laughs> and it's like, hey, are you hyped for this revolution match? Sting says he would have never guessed is going to happen all these years later, um, and the fact that he's standing here with both Flair and Shivani is just mind-blowing. He says, you know, that night 35 years ago was make a break for me, and Flair put me on the map, and he thanks both Tony and Flair and then Flair gets the mic, and um, he says, you know, Sting made it for himself, and he's lucky to be standing here at 74 years old. And I say, yes, Flair, you are, because he, it's a little rough. Um, but also, he's Ric Flair puts over Sting's last match. He says it's going to be one of the greatest moments of his life. Uh, so, yeah, these, these two old guys are hyped for March 3rd.
0: So... Uh- you want to hear a great uh, classic uh, Fuck Vince McMahon story that's kind of related to the uh, the Flair Sting match in question?
1: I love Fuck Vince McMahon stories. Yes, lay it on. Okay,
0: okay. So um, traditionally, uh, Crockett's uh, Starcade show uh, would air on Thanksgiving night, and by 1987, we were like, we're into the pay-per-view era now. It's no longer just like you know, big live events or like. Closed circuits television on at like a few like movie theater locations, stuff like that, where, where like people can order this shit from their home now, right?
1: Ugh, modern times, yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, Starcade 87, they're ready to go. It's Thanksgiving night. What does Vince McMahon do this year? He creates the Survivor series and debuts it head to head with, uh, head to head against, um, Starcade. And which, you know, whatever, it's, it's, you know, it's competition, right?
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: But then Uh Vince threatens all of the different cable companies uh, in the country and says, if you broadcast Starcade instead of Survivor Series, we will not allow you to broadcast WrestleMania next year.
1: Oh my God
0: so <laughs> i think all but two cable companies in the country caved so starcades like potential pay-per-view audience was almost non-existent uh and also he ended up like not holding the two that didn't cave to that anyway because you know obviously he wants as many pay-per-view buys as possible for wrestlemania so it was an empty threat um what a douchebag! <laughs> uh, yes, um, uh, uh, you know, Crockett was furious, uh, as you as you might imagine. Um, sure, of course. So, so then, uh, Clash of the Champions uh, was uh, a show that aired for free on TBS, as I mentioned, forty five minutes live or whatever the hell. Um, if I remember correctly. And I'm trying to... Yes, okay. So, basically, after this happened, the pay-per-view industry was like, like, please, like, don't do that again, Vince. Do not, like, schedule head-to-head battles again, because we'd like to be able to sell people both shows, you know? Um, Yeah. So... Um... At WrestleMania, Jim Crockett was like, "Let's let's give Vince a taste of his own medicine," and oh, no. he aired this Clash of the Champions on TBS head to head with WrestleMania, and <laughs> it, it, it was a big success. Like, it, it probably did hurt WrestleMania's buys, but then uh he was basically he was basically told the same thing by the cable company that was like never do that again <laughs> like you you crippled the wrestlemania buys
1: oh my god but it's like vince started it uh-huh. what yeah. a what a fucker god.
0: yeah it's great Ugh. um yeah uh and actually if i remember correctly it was like Two months earlier, in, so so the first thing happened in November of 87. Then in January of 88, NWA had their next pay-per-view. And on the same night, on USA, Vince McMahon created the Royal Rumble and of aired the first ever did. Royal Rumble for free on USA.
1: Of course he did. What a so deal! Really,
0: so really, the Clash of the Champions retaliation was after two uh, major shots fired by WWF.
1: Yeah, don't yell at Crockett. Like, that's... it's. <laughs> Also, cable companies don't let one man threaten you. Band together and just tell him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so mad.
0: Yeah.
2: Over
1: something anyway, that happened in '87.
0: <laughs> but you can, you know, you can just be happy that uh, Sting and uh, Ric Flair made this band, uh very miserable that night in March of 1998.
1: I am good for them. Yeah. I hope they do it again, March third.
0: Yeah. I uh it would be funny if Vince counter program something that I <laughs> well, I guess he can't anymore Hunter would have to do it but
1: uh still he could whisper into his son-in-law's ear we have to
0: yeah uh but yes yeah, so uh it's a Sunday unfortunately but I, you know I guess we'll watch it
1: yeah I mean look it stings last match you gotta watch it
0: yeah they pointed out that he was like 24 and 0 or something so I don't know. Do you think he's going to lose his last match, or do you think he goes out undefeated?
1: I think it'd be, like, WWE mean bullshit if you made him lose his very last match.
0: What if there's somebody he wants to put over, though? Like, what if he wants to use his, like, his star power to, to you know, to, like, give Darby the shine or something?
1: If it's Darby, but, I mm, like, how do you get to there? Cause I don't know, maybe you say, friends. like, oh, there's,
0: only, there's only one man who I... Who I admire enough and respect enough to have my last match with me. And it's you, Darby Allen.
1: Okay, I would accept that. Yeah. I guess if he if he wants to, that is generous, and that's what the old timers are supposed to do, ideally. But it is wild to pull that with anyone but Darby when you have Sting, who is 24 and 0. So if if it's not Darby, I would be a little miffed, but I don't know. It's up to Sting, I guess. It's up to Tony Khan, but I would hope he would not needlessly screw over someone just because. I hope he hasn't entered in Vince McMahon era yet. Like, can we just hold off on that? Mm -hmm. (sighs) We'll see, though. March 3rd. See what he does. Okay, so that's a pay-per-view. Coming back to the show and the the Continental Classic, we've got our next Continental Classic Gold League match. It is Roosh, who lost his match, his first match, versus Mark Grisco, who also lost his first match. And Roosh is the one who comes out with the points on this one. Although, these two guys, they they just hit each other really hard for a while. Like, they are... It looks brutal. And at one point, Roosh's leg appears to be hurt and it's unclear if it's real or not because it's during a picture-in-picture, but they do, like, have the doctor come out and check. Um mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is another leg angle or not, but Roosh, he... I guess pulls it together or sucks it up if it is real and he gets the win. Um, but, man, they were... They were brutal. They hit each other really hard, it looked like.
0: They did. Uh, this was... Uh... This match is very wild, and uh, I continue to be a Roosh guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Mark Briscoe Jane Lethal match, so Mark can get at least his, his one win in the block. But uh,
1: yeah, I I'm a little surprised that Mark Briscoe is not getting more wins. But uh, then again, he went up against Moxley, and then this week Roosh.
0: I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Like we, you know, I, I would think that if if he were going to get wins in this block, it would be against Rouge and Jay Lethal. Yeah. And now he's and now he's lost to Rouge, so like that really only leaves Jay Lethal, unless they do a big upset storyline with him. Because if you think about it, like you know, obviously earlier I lost to Moxley, but Swerve and Jay White are both definitely slotted higher than him in the you know as far as like the pecking order goes.
1: Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I I don't know how. To picture Mark Briscoe, because I guess.
0: Well, he was gone for so long, you know.
1: He was. He was. Maybe I'm putting too much weight on the fact that he is. He's not like a legacy guy, but he is so experienced and has been around and is so respected that I am a little surprised that he doesn't get more points. But we're only two matches in, so I don't.
0: Right. I mean, that's the th- and that's the, that's the like the kind of the tricky thing about doing a tournament like this is that, you know, people are going to have to lose matches. You know, like people who, you would normally say like, oh, they should protect that guy. It's like, well, now he's probably going to lose at least three matches in this tournament.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, it's weird, but I it does. I guess it does lend to the seriousness of it because if those guys can be like, Moxie probably isn't going to go. Five, six, and zero, or whatever. Five and zero.
0: Probably not. Yeah.
1: So he technically has to lose, but it's like going to be surprising because I'm just like he's top guy, right? He he doesn't lose matches.
0: Yeah, I mean. So. I think I, I wonder what week they're going to do Mox and Swerve because I think that's like I think that's the big match in this block now.
1: Yes, yeah, Swerve has some like. Massive momentum here, and I don't want them to stop it because he rules. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'd be fine with Swerve beating Mox.
0: Yeah, I almost think like that should be that should be Mox's loss in the block. He should go, he should go four and one, and then lose to Swerve.
1: I could see that. That'd be fine because I don't think he should lose to Roosh. <laughs> uh,
0: probably not. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Mark Briscoe so, lost
0: to Rush though.
1: So He did, but Mox beat Mark Briscoe, and so I feel like we've had this conversation before. The transitive property doesn't apply to wrestling, but yeah. technically, I think Moxley should beat Roosh. Mm-hmm. I, I think Jay White and Swerve, you could work a way in where they beat him, if either one or both. But uh, if Mark Briscoe lost, I think Swerve, or, uh, I think... Roosh loses, yeah. Yeah. But Roosh, he got his three points here, so um, he is not totally out of it yet. Um, unfortunately, Mark Briscoe is 0-0 zero and zero thus far. But after that match, uh, we go to RJ City, who is backstage, and he is uh, talking... Well, he approaches Timeless Tony Storm, and Luther and Maria or Mariah May are there, and Tony storm's laying on like what I guess you would call like a fainting couch. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) she's in distress because her acceptance speech last week when she accepted (laughs) her belt that she earned as a wrestler, uh, was interrupted, you know, it just, it hurt her feelings. But then she says she went out and partied at the compound with JFK and one of the Kennedys. Um, but she said
0: JFK or one of the Kennedys.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, she's not sure. (laughs) I think there's only one Kennedy uh, who's big in the news who's alive right now. Um, and he doesn't seem fun. So, I don't know, Tony Storm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she says she has a touch of the gout. And so, um, RJ's like, hey, I just, I'm just i here to sort of softly interview you, you know, because that's my job. And he asks her about defending the women's title next week. And she's she just says, no, I'm not worried. And she says, you know, if, um, and, and she lists off a bunch of Hollywood stars that are like so much older than anyone around her. Uh, she says, if they weren't worried, then I, I'm not either. And then she asks RJ to take off her shoes because you know, the gout is no joke. And, uh, <laughs> and she that's, listed,
0: she said she, she mentioned fatty Arbuckle, Jean Harlow, and there was a third and I can't remember who the third was.
1: Yeah. It's, but, Hi, kids. If you know who any of those people are, congratulations, you're old. I know who Fatty Arbuckle is, only because he had a a big murder um, scandal around him. (laughs) But, yeah. Unfairly, I think. It was unfair. I I do believe Fatty was uh, innocent, you know, justice for Fatty, but them some old people. So. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what Tony's doing. Um... And then we go to the ring where MJF comes out, and he is still holding his cane, and um, I guess like his labrum is in the shoulder, so I don't. He's nervous. He dislocated
0: his hip um, at uh, the pay per view.
1: Oh my god! <laughs>
0: okay. Remember when he? Remember when the um, the table that he was <laughs> going to put Jay White through collapsed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he just and he just got up on the turnbuckle and. Dove off of the turnbuckle anyway, onto the floor.
1: Yep, so that was a yeah, bad decision. Yeah, dislocated yeah. Oh, God, MJF, okay. So, okay, so he's out here, he's got the shoulder, he's got the leg, it's all a problem. Um, but he talks about Samoa Joe, and how he's got, even with the partially torn labrum, he's got the match at uh, World's End on December 30th. And he says he doesn't like Joe as a person because, of course, he doesn't. But as a pro wrestler, he respects him a lot. And he he thinks that, like, you know, Joe's not there to – just for the money, he says, basically. Um, and then he talks about, like, his, his history, again, growing up watching Joe. He said he stood out in TNA and um, – you know, he he does mention that Joe does not get a chance to become WWE world champion, um, but he proved that, you know, alternative body styles still are successful.
0: That's nice.
1: <laughs> not a bodybuilder, um, <clears throat> which I think is funny because obviously MJF is leans more towards like the very cut, like in shape man. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, he's like, it's nice. And so he uh he talks about how he has had victories in AEW um but the one person he hasn't fought or defeated yet was Joe. So like I think he he mentioned like he mentioned CM Punk. He said John Moxley, um other star Cody. Like he he just mentioned his big w- wins and CM said Punk. like yeah, CM Punk, and he said Joe, Joe was not, he has not had his chance against Joe yet. And so he wants to essentially see if he can survive the final boss one last time. And he promises everyone that even though, you know, his body is broken, he will show the world it's not about size. And he will defeat Joe because it's its not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. And um, Joe's going to essentially have to kill him if he wants to win. So... <laughs>
0: I thought awesome. this was one of his more successful babyface promos.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's because he just was. He's not trying to be the. He's agitated, you know. Like he has the underline undertone of anger, and for better or worse, I think that helps. Yeah. So. Uh, he also, when he says that he's going, like Joe's going to have to essentially kill him, he breaks his cane over his leg. Which, again, I don't. I'm like, maybe don't do that. But, you know, he, he seems driven by adrenaline because it breaks, and he's like, ah, and the crowd is really happy with that. Um, and then he's going to leave, but the lights go out, or they don't totally go out. They start flickering, and he looks around and he looks shocked. And then, four masked men show up. They have, um, the devil, like image on their shirts so clearly they're allies of the devil and they have a bat and they go after MJF but Joe who said he was going to stick to him like glue last week because he wants the best MJF to show up for the pay-per-view comes in like grabs the guy with the bat pulls him out takes the bat and then chases everybody else away and he's like you know I got you bud and then um I guess the hacker attacks it's like the screen goes black and words in the shadows, our game begins. Next week, MJF and Samojo, will you face the unknown in a tag match? Are you a hero, Max? Which is insane. And then um, we go back to the ring, and Joe's like shaking his head like, of course not, that's stupid. And MJF's like, yeah, I will fight you, uh, faceless person who I don't know who you are.
0: It was like a, uh, I don't know, it was like a moment out of a Super Nintendo era JRPG.
1: Yeah, where the screen gets taken over and you're just like, shit.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then you know, like, the dialogue appears as as a text on the screen instead of words spoken.
1: Yeah. It's very Metal Gear Solid. Um, so, yeah, so Andrew, have to agree... Yeah, no voice
0: acting in Metal Gear Solid.
1: No, none at all. Not at all. I'm just kidding, I love it. Um, It just seems like, you know, consp- like... Uh, government CIA work in the shadows things. That's why I thought of that. But um, uh, MJF agrees to this match and it's a tag team so Joe is kind of on the the hook for this too.
0: He's got to protect his boy.
1: He does but he looks really annoyed about it. (laughs) Just fair. Um, So we will see. Uh, After that we get Wardlow He's pissed as per usual. He's got a match against AR Fox.
0: He has a he reason didn't... to be pissed this week.
1: Cause MJF.
0: No. Cause like this was set up last week when he got into it with AR Fox backstage.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But he I did. Don't think he... They sh-
0: I don't think they showed a recap, but I remembered it.
1: That's a good point. Yes. Um, they do have one week of history, so they're having this fight and, uh, AR Fox does his cool, like, aerial assault type stuff, but Wardlow is a huge man, and um, ultimately he he gets him. He,
0: gets he did him a so- series of dives on Wardlow, and Wardlow, like, he hit him with the dives, but Wardlow wouldn't quite go down. So then finally he did his, like, super cool thing that nobody else does, the thing where he... Like basically salts. like he runs up the ring post to do a moonsault. Yep. And for the first time ever, someone countered as Wardlow just caught him on his shoulder and gave him a power slam of the apron. It was sweet.
1: Yeah, it's also devastating
0: because Wardlow,
1: Wardlow doesn't have to pin people at this point. He just he just knocks them out to the point the referee is like, Nope, it's too much. So that's what happened here. He didn't pin a R Fox, he just killed him. Mm-hmm. So
0: rough. This was this was better than um, it has been with Wardlow because at least I mean, Ar Fox got a little bit often, so it seemed I don't know it, it felt more like he beat somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Wardlow, you know, Wardlow's going to Wardlow. I guess eventually he'll come for MJF, but not until those injuries are healed. Yeah, because that would be crazy. So yeah, um. After that, we get, oh, we get the clip of the horrific, like Dante Martin, um, going into a. So Penta, power bombs him onto a table, and it just looks like maybe he could have broken his neck.
0: I think it was. Didn't he like? Wasn't it like a Canadian destroyer?
1: Oh, maybe yes. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. I just, I was so focused on the fact that Dante's head and neck hit in a way it shouldn't.
0: Oh, did you even not even notice the part you were supposed to be looking at?
1: Was it his ankle? Yeah. No, because his head and his neck were
0: so... No, but it was his ankle that, like, turned completely sideways.
1: Ew, no, okay, I'm glad I didn't look (laughs) closely at it. I I was like, oh my god, his head and his neck, but yeah, um... Horrific ankle injury.
0: Um, Yeah. He didn't wrestle like he was coming off a horrific ankle injury.
1: No. Dante, he flies and he floats and he still does that. And Mm. the fact... I was worried.
0: I was like, oh, man, is he not going to be, you know, is he not going to be the same? Because that's that's his thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? This crowd is primed. Like, Dante and Darius, so top flight, are from... I guess, Minneapolis or just Minnesota. They're like hometown boys. So the crowd was super hyped for them. And uh, granted, Action Andretti was there and he and Darius. Action Andretti took a lot of, you know, the beat down in that sort of multi-man match. Um, And Darius did stuff. But the crowd was like, we want Dante, we want Dante. And then when he came in, he looked totally fine. Like he mm-hmm. he looked like he had not missed a beat. He was not rusty at all. He was doing his flying stuff.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> but, wasn't like taking it easy. He, you know, I was every every time he landed, I was just like, oh god, but, uh, <laughs> oh, no. but he was fine.
1: Oh no, yeah. Oh, and it should be mentioned they uh, Action Andretti and Top Flight were against the Hardys and Brothers A, and uh, you know, it's the Hardys and Brothers A. No offense, guys, but. We're in Minneapolis, everybody loves Top Flight here, so Dante's making his glorious return, and so Dante gets to pin Brothers A for the win.
0: Yeah, can you imagine how excited Action Andretti must have been to like have a win on TV? <laughs> it, it has to, I mean, I can't remember the last time he got like a win on TV.
1: No, I honestly can't remember the last time he was on TV. Was it when Lon, Or sorry, CJ?
0: Yeah, it was what? Miro, the Miro thing.
1: Oh, yeah, and you weren't going to no. win that.
0: No, and he didn't. No. This was really good, though. I like this. Um, and the only thing I think of is, like, man, like, they should, they should, like, get a shot at the trio's title now or something. But uh, But something even more exciting happened with that.
1: Yeah, just you wait because yeah. Renee is there to interview them. Backstage right after their match. And. She congratulates them and says like. Oh you did great. And then um, Penta. And well Penta. Initially he walks up. And Dante looks at him. And he sort of. Shake, he extends a hand. And Dante considers for a moment. Oh I think they do a fist bump. Mm-hmm. But the point is sportsmanship. And then Penta looks at Dante. And he goes. One. Two three as he points at Darius and Action Andretti and then up walks uh, commander and then Vikingo mm-hmm. and he goes one, two, three. And so <laughs> this is the most pure, simple way to declare we are having a match. Everybody nods and uh they're they're having a match, guys. It's understood.
0: I wonder if they like do you think they filmed this last night? Like, was it for Rampage? Because they never said when it was going to be.
1: I don't know. I could see it be on Rampage. Although, I think it would also work as, like, one of those fun matches between the tournament. Tournament matches? Yeah. Yeah. Could be Collision, maybe?
0: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think it, it looks like a really fun match, so I kind of hope it's on Collision or Rampage. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so um, not for titles, but still for fun. Uh, From there, we get our ladies match. Julia Hart, our queen, she is uh, defending her title, her TBS title, against Emi Sakura, and because Julia Hart is in the House of Black, we are doing a House Rules match, which I kind of missed, and Mm emmy sakura has chosen as her stipulation there are no rope breaks uh or no sorry no um tap outs no submissions and julia hart is a hometown hero so (laughs) people were super hyped for her and emmy sakura god love her she was she was doing her heel thing and she was trying hard uh but people were cheering for julia hart hard and um and yeah, Julie Hart wins, but there was a moment where she tried to tap out Sakura, and Aubrey was just like, no, that's the rule is you can't, and Julia Hart looked really pissed off. <laughs> she had to adjust, but I like that she just, the noun team was like, her instincts kicked in. She just, that's what she does. Yeah. Like, it's true. It's true.
0: So she, like, got up and, and just did her moonsault, which, for the first time, like, did not look good.
1: No, the announcers did try to cover it. They said, I think Emmy was trying to roll away and Julia, but Julia still managed to get her. But uh, mm. yeah, she kind of, it was a little off, but I don't, yeah. the crowd did not care. They were like, yay, we love Julia Hart. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, me too. So she retains her title. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go backstage after that. RJ City, he's talking with Mariah May and. Uh, She once again mentions like I'm from stardom and he's like great and she thanks him she she thanks RJ for being like she's like you know so many people thanks for hooking me up with Tony Storm and RJ's like yeah it's okay Uh, and she's like you're a curator of people and he's like okay and it looks like she's like hitting on him and I'm like I don't know if he's into what you're putting down. Because I feel like maybe, I don't know, I got the impression RJ was flirting with Adam Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what RJ's deal is. But he didn't, he was trying to be professional. He's just like, okay. And uh, and then she's like, thanks for um, introducing me for, to Tony. And then this time he's like, no problem, go get him. And so we pan over and she's in front of Tony Khan's office and mm-hmm. she goes in. So... Who knows what she's up to there
0: My favorite thing About all this is when they uh, The audio cut back to the announcers Oh gosh yeah Tony Giovanni said I hope they didn't interrupt the meeting And then all the announcers cracked up So I guess there's, I guess it was some kind of Wacky inside joke that we don't I, get
1: I was going to ask you I'm like is that a reference to something
0: I, I have no idea <laughs> I just I was just delighted that they were all That they all were uh, so pleased
1: Look, I love the announce team. They are so close. They are so funny. Um, I think earlier when Tony Storm was there, or er, is like, gout's a hell of a thing or something. And I'm just like, I love that you guys can be loose. It's fun. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Hope you're not in a meeting. So, Mariah May is up to some shit. But we will leave her to go to other people who are up to some shit. And, uh father of the year Christian Cage he he comes out to the ring with security guards um and he's like I want to talk to Adam can you come to the ring and nothing happens and he's like come on Adam come to the ring nothing happens and he's like okay I guess I'll have to go get you and then uh altar bridge just comes on
0: and not Rob Zombie
1: not Rob Zombie um Alter bridge huh On this day. Uh, (laughs) Copeland comes out. He does not do his really enthusiastic entrance where he runs back and forth across the stage and then, like, throws his hands up. He's very serious on this occasion. He
0: wanted wanted to have a little bit of wind left for the segment.
1: Yep. So he, he like, stomps down to the ring. He gets in. He stares at Christian. And Christian's like, I didn't ask these people to be here. They... They told me they had to be here. And then he goes, you guys can leave. And so security's like, whatever. And they take off. And uh, Christian's like, I'm so sorry. I um, I just, when I saw you take out Nick Wayne and Kill Switch, which for those who didn't see last week, that's Luchasaurus's new cool name. Um, he's like, I just, something snapped. And he's like, I just left and I got in my car and I drove. And Adam's not saying anything during this and he's like I did a lot of, Christian's like I did a lot of soul searching and reflecting and I'm not sure how we got here and then I remembered like do you remember the traveling together we did in Toby the Taurus and how we both like dreamed of making it big together he's like we we should, we're best friends like this is stupid what's happening between us and he's like remember how like like, you didn't have a father? And then I was like, oh, no, tone shift, tone shift. And the crowd's like, shit, he said he didn't have a father. Oh, no. And Christian's like, obviously, I'm not your father. Obviously. But, you know, my father was like your father, like a father to you. And he was there for you growing up. And he's still your biggest fan. And he's like, before your mom passed away, you know, she said she that she wanted us to team together just one more time. And and I say, shouldn't we have a final run for Judy? you know, for the Jude Meister. <laughs> Adam, Adam is still just staring at him, like not into it. And he just goes, you know, like, what do you say, Adam? And so Adam, I guess he, he he turns and he sort of like starts to contemplate it. And then Christian being himself, he picks up his TNT title and he starts to run towards Adam. And then, um, you know, He gets hit with a low blow because Adam's not a fool. And Christian looks surprised. He looks just panicked. And Adam gets on the mic and he's like, nice try, dumbass. Like, I know better than this. And he says, you know, you better shine up that TNT title because next week I'm bringing it home with me. And Christian just looks betrayed. He looks scared. And then Adam gets in his face and he goes, go fuck yourself. And it is wild, I watched it on the UK broadcast. And so I was not surprised to hear the word fuck, but apparently in America, the censoring didn't work correctly. And so everybody heard it and that is wild to me. And I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least I did on YouTube TV. I assume that I was just, you know, um, TBS wide as far as the circulation of Adam <laughs> Copeland saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Which is, of course, you know, a, a great callback to their uh, their first interaction uh, uh, a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, he was not just saying it to say it. It was very yeah. much like, "Remember when you said this to me, bitch?" <laughs> like,
0: yeah, say it to you. This was uh, this was excellent.
1: I loved it.
0: Yeah, this was really great. They are they are actually, I mean, it's it's mostly Christian, um, but they are doing a compelling you know feud between two men whose combined ages are about 100 years
1: (laughs) (laughs) i honestly like this was probably the highlight of the show for me i'm a total mark for christian at this point so uh i guess take that with a grain of salt but i was i was thoroughly entertained by this whole segment and when edge sorry adam Told him to go fuck himself. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm just in my kitchen and making dinner. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> just like he did it.
0: No, this was it was absolutely tremendous. Uh, I I can't imagine that we're gonna get like. I, I have to think next week is going to be some kind of angle more than a match because it's been it's just been like it's too good and it's been too fast.
1: Yeah, they have to. They have to wait till the pay for you, right? Like.
0: Or at least like build it up some more to do it like as the main event for some other big dynamite or something like maybe winter is coming or something. I don't. Well, actually, that's that's actually coming up pretty soon now, so maybe not. But uh, I think that's in two weeks, actually.
1: Oh, I think you're right
0: because yeah. it's mid December. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, this was this was fantastic.
1: Oh, yes, loved it so much. Loved it so much. Um, what? And what a vibe, what an energy we take into the main event. Um, I was just, I was giddy with happiness over that. And then we go to the main event, which is another Continental Classic Gold League match, The Last of the Night. It is Swerve Strickland against Switchblade Jay White. They both are coming off wins from last week. And this time, there is a hell of a match, but which we can talk about. But ultimately, Swerve Strickland gets the win. So he is up by six, and Jay White has three. Uh, But man, I thought these two put on a show.
0: I did too. Um, It's it's wild to me how big a babyface Swerve is in the reactions he gets. Like, considering how despicable his character is.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. People wanted him to win. Every time Jay White tried to mock his saying by going whose house, the the fans were, like, very vehemently, like, Swerve's house. Don't get it twisted.
0: Now, maybe it'll, you know, wind up with him getting the quote-unquote right reactions the rest of the way because his first match was against Jay Lethal, and nobody takes Jay Lethal seriously in a tournament like this. And his sure. second match was, was, you know, against another top heel. So maybe it's just, maybe when he's in there against Moxley and... uh um, trying to think who else, who are the other Bay faces, like like Mark Briscoe. Like, I can't imagine him getting cheered against Mark Briscoe, you know, because he's that guy's got so much, you know, yeah. kind of like babyface cachet.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: You, know. you know what I liked about this match, I, like aside from everything, because I, I thought it was great, but uh, <laughs> I liked that um, the Swerve Stomp got kicked out of because I totally bought that as the finish. Yeah, and I think it's because they showed us a clip of the match last week where he pinned Jay Lethal with the Swerve Stomp, and it was like, okay, yeah, that's his finisher. That's right, yeah, and he beat and he won a tournament match already with it. So why wouldn't he win this tournament match with it? But no, it was not enough to like that move was able to finish Jay Lethal, but it was not enough to finish Jay White.
1: Yeah, that got me too. I was like, oh, he's he's got it, and then the kick out I was like not expecting that
0: and then they did a spot where uh where Jay hit the blade runner but swerve very smartly rolled with it and went out to the floor and and after that point they were, when they were like doing all their like reversals and exchanging holds and cradles and stuff I was just like I don't know who's going to win this you know like it could be a, either guy could win this at this point
1: well yeah the, uh, and then amongst all that stuff too you get the announcement that fifteen minutes have passed, and at yes. that point, I was like, "Are we going to get our first draw?"
0: Yeah, that occurred to me too. Um, I'm glad they didn't do that. I I I hope they do one at some point, um, just because you probably should. Um, but I'm glad it wasn't this one. I'm glad that they well, they just like had you know Swerve just pinned them clean with a cradle.
1: Yeah, it was it was exciting. I I was not sure. I definitely was fooled. Thinking the sword stomp was gonna be the finisher, and then I was fooled thinking, "Oh, well, we're just gonna do the twenty minute draw." And then, when Swerve of Wand, I was, I was still very happy.
0: Yes, um, man, uh, hell of dynamite. I thought overall, and I think this this tournament is really kind of having. It's like the show is about something right now. <laughs> yep. uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yep it's like they're like the main storyline is the tournament and, and that's kind of like kind of helping push everything along. And then you got got Christian and edge doing great stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm really vibing with the show right now and I'm excited for next week in Montreal. They've never been to Montreal. Montreal is a real WWE city. So I don't know what that's going to be like. I would, I would hope that that they have a good enthusiastic crowd there, but we'll see.
1: I mean, okay, I will say they did claim during the Edge and Christian, Adam and, Adam and Christian, uh, that they were going to fight in Montreal, but Christian said, we're not going to make it to Montreal. So I don't know if that was just a, like, just a lie, like a tease lie, or if they're well, actually going to do something.
0: I mean, well, that was part of his fake apology, right?
1: Yeah, he's like, we're not going to make it to Montreal because we're going to be friends. But does that mean that they are, in fact, going to have a match? For sure.
0: I don't know. I mean, that's what they're like. That's the main thing they're promoting, dynamite around right now. I'd be pissed off if I was a Montreal fan. If I was a Quebecois uh, fan there, and you know, buying my ticket on the strength of two Canadians having a main event, and then they don't deliver that match.
1: Yeah, but what if it was Vince McMahon telling you it was going to happen? Would you be as confident? <laughs>
0: I mean, like, recent Vince McMahon? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, we, we already previewed the uh, the matches for uh, Saturday. And I guess on Saturday we'll probably find out the, the block matches for Wednesday. Because we did not get those announced uh, on tonight's show. Yeah. That's the one thing about the G1 uh, that I mm-hmm. like that. I think we talked about it when we last were talking about this tournament um, that they put out the full schedule ahead of time so you know like the date of every single match
1: I don't honestly understand why they don't just do it because what would it hurt because in theory there is a like you have scheduled them it's a block it's block matches so it's yeah. not like dependent on who wins it just, yeah, you just have that schedule
0: yeah, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like when the Bengal season starts, it's a mystery what team they're going to be facing every week, you know? It's like, yeah. it's like we cannot tell you the next week's <laughs> opponent until after this bad game ends.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would like to see, I mean, you get brackets, why don't you just give me the schedule? It's yeah. not going to change, I'm still going to watch, like, it's not going to change anything.
0: Right. I don't know, Megan, I don't know. Um... But uh, but I know that I really enjoyed this episode of Dynamite. So
1: me too, and I worry that, um, you know, it took Tony Khan getting pissed off um, at completely legitimate complaints. I would say about the direction of the show recently, and I just hope he can, I don't know, pivot in a way that after this tournament is over, you can still keep that vibe because I really like. Watching this show, it didn't feel like it lagged. It didn't feel like anything was weak. It it just felt like a really fun dynamite. And I don't know that I have said that a lot recently. So I, I wish Tony Khan could just capture the magic without having a tournament every show.
0: Here, here. Uh, we are going to get out of here. But first, we have got to do uh, the thing that's... Closes out every show and sometimes doesn't close out every show, but uh, it's always present on the show and is the elite beat plug of the week. And uh, I am going to go first Good. and say that I, uh, for a while now, I've been listening, to, I, I, I got a subscription to um, cbbworld.com, which is the Comedy Bang Bang um, premium site.
1: Ooh, okay
0: um which hosts all of their kind of like their their premium podcasts right and um and i I primarily got it um i was just gonna get it for a month because i there was an episode of a show that griffin newman was on and i wanted to listen to that so i did and then i went and i kind of like uh i fucked around and got hooked on uh the show that he was on it's called scott hasn't seen and it's a it's a weekly movie podcast where uh the you know the uh the major domo of uh the comedy bang bang world scott ackerman and uh, his co-host Sprague the whisperer uh review a uh, and a guest review a movie that scott hasn't seen um just from his you know 50 years of life on this earth um and uh and i i, I so i really came to enjoy that show so I thought, well, I'm going to keep the subscription for a while and let's see what else is on here. And then I found Freedom, which uh
2: uh-huh.
0: has become one of my like my new favorite podcasts at least currently and and it's it's right up there in the annals all time, I think. At this point it's uh it started in 2018 and I have burned through uh, <laughs> the episodes. I'm up to like I think I'm in May of 2022 now. Um, oh my
1: god
0: yeah i know they they do they do they, it's kind of done in seasons so they take breaks like they'll take like you know breaks for a couple of months but still it's it's a lot of episodes um but it is a uh a comedy it's like a hangout podcast uh just three people chilling it's uh, scott ackerman again it's uh paul f tompkins and lauren lapkus and So the format is basically there's like two segments of just like kind of chatting and, you know, like talking about whatever. And then they play like in the last 10 minutes or so, they play like kind of like a a game, like like an improv game or some kind of, you know, um, uh, listener suggested thing. So you get some of their like their kind of improv chops in there at the end. But it's not it's not like the the main feature of the show, like comedy bang, bang.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: yeah,
1: I feel like you've told me about this before and I love PFT. He rolls.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So I feel like I could totally get into this comedy podcast.
0: Yes. I think, I think you would enjoy it very much. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's, he seems to be a very wonderful, uh, wonderful man. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh freedom uh, and you don't need to subscribe to uh, CBB world to listen to it. It's um, that's just, I, I just do it because uh, everything's ad free there and I am I'm a man who does not like ads. So, yeah.
1: Oh man, I worry that I'm like I'm with you. Podcasts are becoming sort of like streaming services where I subscribe to some on Patreon, mm. and I love an ad free. And I'm starting to get annoyed by the ones that don't let me have ad free.
0: <laughs> what, are you, what are you subscribing to now on Patreon? Um, let me look. Too scary to watch, right?
1: Too, uh, no, because oh, they're um the tier that I'm interested in as far as like extra episodes um because i don't i don't know i guess i could get ad free but i want extra episodes and it's like oh yeah
0: it's
1: like 10 bucks a month which oh
0: yeah that's, that's, that's pricey
1: on patreon i feel like right like fi- yeah. like five is kind of where i'm at um
0: now i give Nextlander 10 a month i will say that
1: okay that's fair but i've been
0: i've been following those guys forever
1: yeah, I feel like they have some cachet. I love Too Scary Don't Didn't Watch, don't get me wrong, but um, I feel you, like... You
0: bought a pay-per-view of theirs recently.
1: I do buy their pay-per-views, yes, which are live,
0: <laughs> live AEW and Too Scary Didn't Watch, the two pay-per-views <laughs> that you uh, uh, patronize.
1: Yes, Too Scary Didn't Watch pay-per-views are $10. So... <laughs> with tax i think it works out to 12 Uh um so i'm willing to do that and paul f Tompkins was on the last one yeah so it's great but yeah i just there's something about patreon where i'm like i can do five Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: can do a five dollar
0: level so it's like wine and crime is that you know that one
1: i i am i do a one dollar on them oh okay because they they're just like we don't care everyone gets the same level like they're essentially like if you want to give us money, great. If you want to give us one dollar, we'll give you all the bonuses. If you want to give us twenty dollars, we'll give you all the bonuses. That's I think very,
0: that, very nice. It,
1: there is. I think that at like a really high level, they let you um like suggest episode themes, uh, basically. But like I don't I don't care about that. So I'm just like, here's a buck. I pay awesome. for uh another one called Sinister Hood, um, which is also like spooky, like murder and supernatural stuff. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I kind of want to... I do want to give Too Scary Didn't Watch. Now I feel I feel like I'm being called <laughs> out, and I kind of do want to give them money. But...
0: Uh, I wasn't calling you out. I just assumed that that was one that you subscribed to.
1: Honestly, like, I love them. I should give them money. I really yeah. want to hear the bonus episodes, because they're all movies that I'll never watch because I'm too scared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So maybe, but I just... I'm trying to have a budget these days. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, it's not working. Um, but yeah, so I. I so,
0: yeah. So what's your plug? Um,
1: my plug. So um, I'm the. Mm, I've been busy. <laughs> been uh-huh. Busy. So um, my plug, which is sort of like a half-ass plug because it's just kind of something I stumbled upon recently. Uh, there's a show on Max, and it's called, um, The Garden Commune or Cult. And I've been really into cult stuff lately. Lately? I, uh, yeah. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. Um, But <laughs> it's this wild show where it's like, it's on HBO Max, or Max, sorry. Um,
0: Max, the home of HBO.
1: Yes. I don't know why they changed it. I think it's stupid. Uh, so, Max. And it's essentially like there is this quote-unquote commune that is in, I want to say, God, Tennessee. They start in Tennessee and then they like set up another like piece of land in Missouri. And the whole premise is there's these people who are like, they say it's like they're open to quote visitors, but only for like 10 days. And then they decide if they want to let you in or not. And so it's following these five or six people who are like we want to join this cult and sorry i'm so reflexively saying cult the question is is it a commune or a cult but they want to join this group who is essentially living off grid you know learning the ways of the land and uh they want to help them set up their new missouri location and the commune is like are we going to let these people in And they allow cameras because like many other uh, cults, they want to prove how much of a cult they're not, how much they're not a cult. And so it's very fun to watch them be like, we're not a cult, we're not a cult. And then they just do a bunch of cult things. Um, But one of the main characters is this Irish guy who has this mullet and, uh, I don't know, dude's out of his damn mind. And (laughs) it's just, it's... It's weird and compelling in a way that's like, do you want to watch a bunch of weirdos? Do it. Just do it. It's on HBO Max.
0: Okay. And what's it called?
1: <laughs> it's called The Garden, Commune, or Cult. Okay.
0: It's
1: a cult, guys. It's
0: a cult. <laughs> Asked and answered. Uh, well, awesome. Okay. Well, um, I hope things slow down for you and you can get back to enjoying more more things in your free time.
1: I just want to watch something I have to use my brain for, but I just, I can't. My brain tired.
0: My brain tired.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My brain's so tired.
0: Okay. Well, uh who knows? Like maybe next week you'll be here plugging last Christmas.
1: Oh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a potential tease for next week, but uh hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh for Megan, I'm Andy, and you've been listening to Elite Beat.
1: E Beat. E
2: Leap Beat.